The Living Traditions Festival is back Friday, May 17th through Sunday, May 19th at Washington Square Park in downtown Salt Lake City. You will find a global food court, live music, performances, art, workshops, Bohemian Brewery, and stuff for kids. Full disclosure, this is my favorite Salt Lake Festival. For details and to see the full program, visit livingtraditionsfestival.com or find them on Instagram and Facebook at SLC Living Trad. Here's what Salt Lake's talking about. Utah Senator Mitt Romney has announced he will not seek re-election in 2024. Lead producer Emily Means and I both have big feelings about this. Plus, we're sharing our picks of the week. It's Friday, September 15th. I'm Ali Vallarta, and this is CityCast Salt Lake. Good morning, lead producer Emily Means. Happy Friday. Good morning, host Ali Vallarta. Back in the saddle. <laughs> Yeehaw! Glad to see you behind the mic. Well, and what a joy to be here for another week of hot political news in the great state of Utah. Senator Willard Mitt Romney will not seek re-election, Emily Means. Wow, you invoked his full name. If you say it two more times, I think he'll appear on the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know about you, but I was at Willard Bay having a vigil last night, so I'm really feeling it. You lit a candle. This is huge news, Allie. Yeah. Wow. This kind of knocked us on our asses, I feel like. I mean, we sat next to each other behind your computer at our co-working space, which is supposed to be a quiet space, shrieking, watching his video on the website formerly known as Twitter. And uh, I believe what I kept saying to you was, turn it up. Turn it up louder. (laughs) (laughs) It was like, it's a two and a half minute video. We can't blast this in the co-working space. <laughs> Honestly, I'm, I'm surprised it's not playing at like the speakers at City Creek and the airport. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like we have to give a little bit of the Romney resume because, I mean, we all know this man, but like, let's not forget his political legacy, which I think is what we're going to get into today. Like, Former governor of Massachusetts, who recently changed his mind about health care, publicly funded health care. Former VP at Bain and Company, which, let's not forget, used to be known as the KGB of consulting. Um, The man who gets a lot of credit for saving Utah from total humiliation when we almost completely blew the 2002 Olympics. Mm -hmm. And current former presidential candidate. Right. Can't forget that. And current junior, we call him junior, even though he is not a junior. He is very much a senior. Mike Lee, of course, being our other senator who's been uh, doing the job much longer. He says, I will be well into my 80s if I seek a second term. And that doesn't feel right. And released an announcement video saying this is it. He's I mean, we assume basically this is sort of the end of his political career. I mean, if I were him, yeah. I would retire and ride horses with Anne. Yeah. Okay. The announcement video, Allie, like you said, it captivated us. And I think there are a lot of important messages, actually. Um, Namely, 
that it's time for, he says, it's time for a new generation of leaders to step up and shape the world that they'll be living in. Like you mentioned, he'll be into his 80s by the end of another term. And geez, I mean, we have a history of having like some pretty like elder, elder statesmen from this state. I mean, if I were 76 years old and the end of my first term as senator was coming up, I would say, you know what? I think that's enough. That's enough for me. I'd like to retire now. So I can't blame Mitt for that for sure. Yeah. So when former Senator Orrin Hatch, when he retired, he was 85. When he died, he was 88. And he served in the Senate for 42 years. Mamma mia. It's hard not to see this Romney video as a bit of a subtweet of that sort of approach. And I mean, look, we live in a gerontocracy. I'm not a fan of that. I think it's heartening when members of that gerontocracy say they're stepping back to open the door to a new generation of leadership. I'll say it. I just wish that new generation of leadership didn't give me the heebie-jeebies. Like, I don't feel good about the line of succession here. It wasn't just a subtweet of, you know, past senators. Um, It was like he directly called out President Biden, who's seeking another term, and former President Trump, who is seeking another term, Mm -hmm. who are in their 70s and 80s. Yeah. He said, guys. Maybe consider stepping back, moving aside for people who uh, actually have a stake in the decisions that need to be made. So I thought that was bold. I also think what's interesting about this is like it also comes at a time when we're hearing that Nancy Pelosi will be seeking reelection. We've got sort of the Dianne Feinstein drama in California. She's also an aged member of Congress that a lot of people have called on to resign. So I think Mitt Romney is reading the room, which I have to say is something I think he does fairly well, though I'm not keen to give him too much credit. But I also think there is this sort of sentiment among elected officials and specifically longtime elected officials and people that have pursued consistently higher seats and like higher offices, which is this sort of like I alone can fix it approach to politics. Mm. It's like you need Mm -hmm. me here because I have institutional knowledge and I have experience and I alone can fix it. And it feels like every time someone runs for president, like that is the vibe. So in that way, it is heartening to hear someone who also sees themselves as sort of like the last remaining, you know, and again, sees themselves, not necessarily how I see them, but like the last remaining ethical Republican say, Well, good luck, everyone. I'm out of (laughs) here. I alone can't fix it. (laughs) Well, let's talk about the legacy Mitt Romney is leaving behind. Mm -hmm. And I mean, we mentioned this briefly last week on the show when we were talking about whether Mitt is a moderate Republican or not. He is not. He votes with his party like 80 percent of the time. Mm -hmm. But what he is, is an anti-Trump Republican. And that's really what we're looking at when we're considering the future of the GOP in this country. We have Trump Republicans and we have not Trump Republicans. And so for me, and I think for many people, like, I, I have to be honest, I can't really tell you the big policy decisions Mitts played a role in as our senator, but I do know that he voted to impeach President Trump twice. And he bucked the rest of his party in doing so. And that is what people will remember him for. With him stepping aside, I have to wonder, are we going to get someone like Mitt Romney 
a not Trump Republican? Or are we going to get someone like Senator Mike Lee, a Trump Republican? And I don't know. But looking at the Republicans who have already lined up and said, you know what, I think I want this job, of which there will be way, way more now that Mitt, as the incumbent, isn't running. Yeah. Looking at those Republicans, I'm seeing Trump Republicans. Yeah. We have state Senator Dan McKay, originator of HB 11, the incredibly controversial 11th hour legislation that banned trans girls from playing on sports teams that align with their gender identity. We've got current Speaker of the House, Brad Wilson. Those are probably the two big frontrunners that are already fundraising, right? Well, I think we're unsure about Senator McKay, although his name has been thrown around. One person we know is officially running is Riverton Mayor Trent Staggs. And I mean, the reason why I'm thinking of them as Trump Republicans is this messaging that they keep putting out. Him and House Speaker Brad Wilson in particular, they keep saying we need a true conservative in the Senate. And to me, it's like... It's a dog whistle, you know, like we need someone who's going to fall in line with our guy and our guy is Trump. Yeah. So uh, some other people whose names have been floated, Utah Attorney General Sean Reyes, although he has confirmed this week that he is not running and instead is running for reelection as attorney general. Yeah. Uh, but he says he'll be throwing his support behind an unnamed public servant. So I'm wondering if that is Brad Wilson. Brad Wilson has been kind of coy about this. And he's like, oh, I'm just exploring a run. You know, stay tuned. We'll see what happens. I got to tell you, I mean, to your point about is it a Trump Republican that steps up here or is it someone who sees themselves as a not Trump Republican? The person that I'm really interested to see if they decide to go for it and that I would not be surprised to see try and take the we'll call it the Romney mantle is John Curtis current United States congressman representing the third, the the ever-changing third district. Um, Because, I mean, this is a person who was formerly a Democrat in sort of the same way that Mitt Romney was formerly an independent. They're seen as, again, like perceived by some people to be a quote-unquote more moderate member of the party, though similarly if you look at their record, frequently vote with the party and along party lines, like are a conservative Republican and tweeted a very nebulous. Mm. And I think this tweet like came in yesterday, like he moved quickly, <laughs> like, oh, my goodness, thank you so much for all your inquiries about whether or not I will run and, you know, said a lot of things, but didn't say I'm not running. Yeah, pretty intentionally vague there, Congressman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and also you have to. I mean, Ali, you know this better than anyone as a former political campaigner. You need name ID, right? And the people whose names are being thrown around right now, House Speaker Brad Wilson, Riverton Mayor Trent Staggs, people don't really know them. No. No. So I was thinking, if we're thinking along the lines of a Mitt Romney-like Republican Mm -hmm. with name ID... Governor Spencer Cox? Okay, yeah, I Eh? totally thought of that. Are you there with me? Yeah, but I will say, being a governor, especially in this day and age where we're like, you know, states' rights is sort of what's hot right now, and like 
the governors have a lot of power and a lot of play in this country. That is probably the best political gig in the United mm. States of America, aside from like being a Supreme Court justice, which seems pretty f- fun. Why would you give up being the governor for going to the United States Congress, living in like a lonely brownstone just near the Capitol, like in a bachelor lifestyle because your wife and kids don't want to visit you in D.C. because they (laughs) prefer to be in their home? Like, I don't know. I can't see why someone would want to make that jump unless, of course, they want to be president, in which case, like... Maybe that makes a little bit more sense because senators tend to get more national play, though. Governor Cox has done a good job getting national press. I mean, oh, yeah, he's kind of everywhere. He's like the everyman Republican governor right now, it feels like. But yeah, I oh, God, like that would be a crazy choice. Whenever posture comes up in conversation, we all do that thing where we immediately sit upright and pull our shoulders back. Did you do it just now? I did a movement session with Chandler at Embodied Patients, and after a few gentle corrections, I was surprised to find sitting up straight is incredibly easy. Chandler's practice combines over a decade of study in yoga, Pilates, and the Alexander Technique. So why should you invest in your posture? Let's start with the link between better posture and better breathing. Whether you're returning to activity from an injury, looking to manage pain, or just have the sense things could be a little easier, Chandler will teach you to create sustainable movement habits so that you can enjoy the things you love for longer. Maybe that's running marathons. Maybe it's walking the dog. Visit embodiedpatients.com to book a session with Chandler and give yourself the gift of your own attention. Spring is when leases expire, and if you're looking for a new or better apartment situation, here's the scoop at Ico Fort Union. Fort Union is Ico's newest build in Cottonwood Heights off 1300 East and 6720 South. And as they say in real estate, location, location, location. Ico Fort Union puts you 10 minutes from the mouth of Big Cottonwood Canyon and central to all the Fort Union shops and restaurants. But the complex is located on a dead-end street, so you get peace. Ico Fort Union offers studio, one, two, and three-bedroom apartment homes, plus these very cool three-bedroom work-live apartments. So if you're starting something new, you can live above your business space. Amenities include a pet spa, a spin loft, a bike hub, and EV charging stations. And they are signing leases right now. So visit liveatfortunion.com for a tour. Well, okay, the reason why we're throwing around all these Republican names, Allie, is because this next senator is going to be a Republican. This is the way we do things. Mm. I was digging into our party affiliation data (laughs) throughout the state. And we do know that some Democrats have switched their affiliation to Republicans so they can vote in the closed Republican primaries. But we are talking about 900,000 active Republican voters Mm. in this state versus 230,000 active Democrats. And if you are generous and you add the 470,000 unaffiliated voters to those Dems, let's say they all want to vote for the Democratic candidate in this race, that's only 700,000 voters. So I just 
It's just the right. way. Right. It is the Utah way. I mean, Mitt won with 62% of the vote in 2018. So I haven't even thought about who the Democrats could put up in this race. No, me either. You are a former political reporter. And I mean, you were covering politics in this state during sort of the Utah Romney era, though you could argue that that has been a 20-year era. But I mean, how will you remember Mitt Romney? I don't want to talk about him like he's dying. But like Mm -hmm. thinking about sort of like his legacy, because I mean, one of the reasons that you and I squealed so much at this announcement video is that regardless of how you feel about Mitt, he is a real presence in this state. Yeah. How do you feel? feel about this because let's be honest with each other what's the most interesting thing to come of this entire announcement is not something we've discussed yet in this conversation it is mckay coppins's book so mckay coppins is the staff writer for the atlantic he is an lds journalist graduate of byu former editor of the byu universe and he announced he's about to release a pretty juicy biography of Romney that he and Romney have been working on together in secret for a while now. And we got an excerpt from it in The Atlantic. And it is juicy. It is interesting. And the person who is going to be tasked with and in charge of determining the American legacy of Mitt Romney is this one journalist. That's it. It's a lot of responsibility. I mean, come on. Like, all the reporting and headlining is already leaning in the direction of, like, everything in McKay's book. Like, Mm -hmm. Emily, I think that one thing I'm really interested in is, like, outside of who his successor becomes, what is Mitt Romney's legacy in Utah and out of the state? I mean, what he's going to be remembered for most is his stance against Trump, because this is like a real turning point in American politics. Or you could argue like the 2016 election was a real turning point in American politics, right? And for all the reasons that we've said, we've got this divide in the Republican Party. And Mitt Romney is, you know, the last, as you said, ethical Republican, as he might have viewed himself. He's like the last remnant of what the party used to be like. Yeah. So I think that's what people are going to remember him for. And I mean, Utahns, I think, will probably remember Mitt for his role in the Olympics, right? Like we have a lot of warm and fuzzy memories around that time. But I got to be honest, Allie, one of the reasons I'm so interested in Mitt is because he's kind of folksy. Like, he's a millionaire, but he's folksy and relatable in a way that a millionaire should not be relatable. Emily means, um, give me a break. You think Mitt Romney is relatable? You when, think he actually... I think the hot dog wh- thing? No, <laughs> give me a break, Emily. When was the last time Mitt Romney actually ate a hot dog? Are you kidding? He loves hot dogs. I can't I don't believe know. you think he's folksy. <laughs> he's kind of folksy. Oh, come on. What if I just turn it around and I ask you... Why do you think Utah loves Mitt Romney so much? Well, I think Utah loves Mitt Romney because Utah has a complex, particularly Utah Mormons, I think have a complex that the rest of the nation and the world doesn't see them as dignified. And I think that 
people see Mitt Romney as being a dignified ambassador of the state and a state that often deals with a lot of indignity, right? Like we get mocked for our influencers and our sugar addiction and mm-hmm. our religion that is a small sect of Christianity and has some like curious practices and are like everything, like everything about us is like frequently mocked, I think, on the world stage. And I actually think that's kind of in and of itself is a fallacy. Like, I think very few people think about us. I think we think more about how other people think about us than other people think about us. But like, I think that for a lot of folksy, Utahns, Mitt Romney is a dignified ambassador, right? And I actually think, kind of contrary to your point, it is quite easy to be dignified when you are a multimillionaire, right? Like, The indignity of poverty, the indignity of gentrification, the indignity of losing your pension, of displacement, of the actual day-to-day realities of being a person in the collapsing American project, which, by the way, is something, according to McKay Coppins' excerpt, Mitt believes in. Mitt believes that the American project is collapsing, right? The actual indignity of living in that time and that moment is really hard to pull off when you have millions of dollars. Mm. And I don't think that there has been a recent moment where Mitt and Anne have sat at the kitchen table and said to each other, we can't afford this, we're scared. And in that way, I think I'm hard pressed to give him too much credit. And I'm a little anxious about the heroification of Mitt Romney that I think is gonna result from McKay's book and from the, the sort of national and local dialogue around his retirement. But I think Utahns like having a dignified ambassador. Yeah, I think that's a good point. And I think we should just um, cut whatever I said and just go to whatever (laughs) Allie said. I have to tell you, I am fascinated in Mitt Romney because he's... Why is he like this? Why is he like this? He reminds me of my dad, but he's a millionaire. Emily, I don't know. It just in my brain, it does not make sense. And and like and that's why I'm intrigued by him. Yes. And to like to backtrack and undermine everything I just said, I am obsessed with this man. <laughs> Famously obsessed. He's just I'm gonna read this book twice. Oh Lord Jesus. The thing is, Allie, is that Utines love a nice guy they love a guy they can relate to Mm -hmm. you know it is Mm -hmm. the utah way to bring a casserole over to your neighbor's house or to do a volunteer project whatever it is and Mm -hmm. in his folksiness he represents that to utahns even Mm -hmm. though he lives a life that most utahns will never live and i think that's where my fascination comes from with mitt romney Yeah. And one of the things that I thought was really interesting that was also in this excerpt from McKay Coppins' book is that Romney is very critical of his Republican Senate colleagues for he basically claims that, like, they're in the Senate to participate in this theatrical project that, like, they are acting as actors and like that it's all political theater and they're more interested in the posturing than actually getting work done and that he sees himself as like a workhorse. Mm -hmm. And it's like, to your point about your perception of him as folksy, that indicates the success of his political theater, right? Like again, he is a millionaire from Boston who 
also, according to McKay's book, puts salmon on a hot dog bun and covers it in ketchup as a meal, which is like, that's like an allegory for who Mitt Romney is. Like, oh, don't my tell God. me this man doesn't like salmon. <laughs> Of course he likes salmon. Come on. (laughs) Like the thing that was sort of the key takeaway for me about Mitt and that I think is going to be resonant for me when I think about his legacy is that like this is a guy who does his job. And like, you know, we want to remember him standing up to Trump and like not voting to impeach the president And like being the one member of his party that didn't go along with the plot to overthrow our democracy as heroicism, like as a senator, that is your job. Your job is not to overthrow American democracy, the very institution that put you in that seat. When you take that oath, that is the job. It's like giving an award to a nurse for administering an IV. It's like, this is the gig, right? When he was at Bain and Company, the gig was to make money for corporations. He did it well. At the Olympics, the gig was to make it profitable. He did it well. Like all these things he's done that we've sort of determined as being heroic, they're just doing the job. Like, okay, Mitt Romney, you, you, you did the job. Congratulations. Allie, I think you're right. And... You know, especially in this era of politics, as we've said, it just feels refreshing. It harkens back to simpler times that weren't always good for most people. And Mm -hmm. I think Utahns, no matter what, are going to remember Mitt Romney and his service fondly, even if it was just doing his job. Maybe that should actually be the name of McKay Coppins' new book, Romney, the guy who did the job. And I mean, I think the thing that I would say sort of in conclusion, Emily, is that where I think you and I agree is that Senator Mitt Romney does not disagree with the Republican Party on the what. He disagrees with them on the how. And that's his legacy. And how important is the how if the what is still the same? Okay, Emily, before we go, let's share our picks of the week. And I know that mine is something worth celebrating. Thankfully, I hope yours is too. You go first. Mine is as American Pie as Mitt Romney's oh, no. jeans. <laughs> no, it's it's the Utah State Fair. Yeah. Allie, the CityCast Salt Lake team visited the State Fair. My first time in like eight years because the last time I went, I got sick on a ride and I had to leave. So this time we did not go on any rides. Instead, we just tried copious amounts of fried food are you diane from jack and diane you got sick on a fair ride that is like that is textbook americana i have a weak constitution okay uh the utah state fair is open until sunday Mm -hmm. take the train down there there is a track stop right outside the utah state fair park you just hop on the green line and you don't have to worry about parking so go have some family friendly fun and uh, eat a giant corn dog go down the slide have a great time Mm -hmm. if you're looking for recommendations on what to eat, what fried food to put in your face. Our newsletter editor, Therina Ria, has put together a guide to the best fair food the Utah State Fair has to offer. And uh, yeah, that'll be in the newsletter. God, the fair is a lawless place. Like, look forward to a photo somewhere, whether it's on our Instagram or in our newsletter, of Therina holding a 
ba- a giant baby bottle <laughs> baby full of bottle strawberry full. lemonade. Like, there are no rules at the fair. Like, it is, you know what? It's freedom. It's American freedom. <laughs> Okay, yes, that is a great pick. My pick of the week is, as I said, something we're celebrating, which is former guest of the show and I think one of the coolest Salt Lakers we've got, Paisley Rechdahl. She is the former Utah Poet Laureate. She's a University of Utah professor. And her book of poetry, which is called West, a translation, has been longlisted for the 2023 National Book Award for Poetry. This book of poetry and essays is also a very cool project. So in 2018, she was actually commissioned to assemble a poem commemorating the 150th anniversary of the Transcontinental Railroad. Anyways, so the sort of result of this project is this book of poetry, West, a translation. And what it asks us to consider is the relationship between the railroad's completion and the Chinese Exclusion Act of 1882. So it's a beautiful book. I've read it. It's fantastic. It's something that I think every Salt Laker should have on their bookshelf. And it's exciting to see that it's been longlisted. So good luck, Paisley. We're rooting for you. And I encourage everyone to pick up a copy of the book at their favorite local bookstore. Great pick, Allie. Thank you, Emily. One more thing before we go, and this is coming at us live in this moment, Emily means. I have got some news for you. Building Salt Lake just broke the news, courtesy of Luke Garrett, that we now know exactly where Salt Lake City's first sanctioned camp for people experiencing homelessness will be. And it will be at 600 West and 300 South, right across from the bus station. Thoughts? Wow, Allie. I got to tell you, this is coming as a pretty big surprise to me. And we want to learn more about... Uh, exactly what these plans entail. So I think we'll probably report more on this later. But yeah, I think this is news to everyone who lives in downtown. That's for sure. Yeah, this land is owned by the redevelopment agency, which makes sense. It's known as Station Center. If you pull up Google Maps and look at it, like 300 South and 600 West, you can see it's sort of a big grassy plot. But listeners, I feel the need to tell you this because homelessness is something we report on consistently and it is absolutely big, big news in our city this week. But we're going to work on getting more information and getting that to you. In the meantime, I am left, can't help but thinking that this is very close to Rio Grande. Sure is, Allie. Okay, Emily Means. I will see you on Monday. See you Monday, Allie. That is all for us today here on CityCast Salt Lake. Our lead producer is Emily Means. Our producer is Ivana Martinez. Our newsletter editor is Therina Ria, and our host is me, Ali Bayarta. Music is by the local band Mitochondria, with additional music from All the Kimonos. We will be back Monday morning with more from around this city. I hope you have a great week.